Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The story that you're about to hear is without a doubt one of the most mental stories of nuclear revenge I have ever read. It involves two cousins, a closet, and a donkey. And that's all I'm gonna say. He forced me out of the closet. Let me spill your own terrible awful into the world. I'll be honest, this story is not mine, but about my two cousins, Alex and Steve. My mother is originally from a small town in the coastal region of my country. She left when she married my dad, but her two sisters stayed in the town. Alex is one of the sons of my youngest aunts, and Steve is the son of my oldest. When they grew up, both moved to a big city in the region for college, but took way different paths. Alex went into an art-focused career, and after two semesters, came out as gay, while Steve went STEM and bathed himself in the machismo, homophobic culture of the region. You can guess they were not exactly close, and as far as gossip goes, they pretty much hated each other. As far as Alex's sexuality went, it was a well-known secret among the cousins and his brothers, teens and young adults, people with social media basically. But it was never acknowledged in front of my grandma, the other adults, or even his own parents. That was the context. Now let's get to the drama that unleashed on December 2017 at our family's Christmas party. That, as always, took place in my grandma's old townhouse. By midnight, Steve was drunk and looking for a fight, and he thought that Alex would be the perfect prey. While not the exact words, you could say this was the statement he shouted in the middle of the dance floor. Hey, hey, Alex, where's your girlfriend? I don't see her around. Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't have one. Why is that? Hey, auntie, you know why your son didn't bring a girlfriend? Haven't you heard? Oh, that's because he is a sissy F-slur. He screws guys, or actually, he lets guys screw him like the little female dog he is. Alex was speechless, and so was the rest of the family, including my grandma. The musicians even stopped the music playing, but before someone could even say something back to Alex, he threw the bomb. Trigger warning. Yeah, well, at least I screw with humans. But let's not forget that your first girlfriend was the neighbor's donkey. You even tried to force me to F her once, didn't you? And hell broke loose. You see, in this particular area of my country, there is the extended myth that some men, especially teenagers, commit bestiality with donkeys. And in rural areas, this is not entirely untrue. But it's obviously never spoken that openly or casually, especially when there are outsiders present. Outsiders like Steve's girlfriend from college, who he had invited. The poor girl literally threw up in the middle of the party while she started soothing herself and crying like there was no tomorrow. To make an already long story a little shorter, my parents, thankfully my dad doesn't drink and could drive, offered to take her back to the city. We left the party in the middle of shouting, punches, someone fainting at some point, and whatnot. But I wouldn't have posted this here if this is how it ended. Steve's now ex-girlfriend told what had happened to her city friends, her parents, and basically anyone who would like to hear it. Steve was already known as a donkey effer all around the campus before he'd even come back from vacation, and his social life crumbled to dust. There was also a lot of cyberbullying involved, and he ended up quitting university. He went back to the old town and is currently the owner of a bar. He also married a local woman, if anyone wonders what happened to his love life. On the other hand, Alex ended school and he stayed in the city as a designer. 
His homosexuality was basically overlooked by everyone for obvious reasons and he is in fact my very catholic grandma's favorite grandson the funniest part of it all with time this has been basically thrown under the rug in my family we still hold christmas parties at the old townhouse alex and steve keep their distances but can actually speak to each other without murder intent and we all agree to forget what happened in december 2017 now guys clearly i have no way of knowing whether or not these rumors are actually true or not but the most telling thing about this i can't believe this story exists by the way i just gotta say this is that steve never explicitly denounced these rumors like he could have just said instantly what are you talking about you're clearly lying but no he just took it he didn't even have an explanation that is very telling like look at this comment right here i'll bring it up on screen so wait did your cousin actually screw a donkey or was everyone just willing to accept that it was something he would do op replies i think he was quite shocked and drunk in the moment and forgot he could you know lie instead he started saying things like i can explain to his girlfriend so yeah he basically admitted to doing it well there you go um that is i guess the proof Oh, what have I just read? All right, next story. Now, I kind of hope this one is a little less illegal than the first, but in many ways, I don't actually. That was incredible. Scum of a man hires my unit to do a job after he refused to pay us, so I help to ruin him. A few things. First of all, I am a security officer with a private investigator certification, which allows me to take PI, private investigator cases, as long as it doesn't interfere with local police investigations. And any crimes that I witness must be reported to the police ASAP so they can make an arrest. PI cases come from a few sources. We're sometimes contracted by local police to do what's referred to as spotter work, where we are brought on active wide area investigations to do recon work and look but not interact with anything that might be involved with the case. Basically, we're just an extra pair of eyes. Or the local police will mix us in a surveillance operation and we would follow low profile individuals and report their day to day activities. These are completely confidential. Then there are client contracts. This is where corporate clients contract our company's personal investigations unit to investigate their employees' day-to-day activities while on the job to see if there is some hint that an employee is committing a crime and to report if there is a reasonable proof that an employee is breaking the law on company time. The job is to gather evidence to prove guilt or innocence. These aren't confidential, but we usually sign an NDA. And finally, there are personal contracts. When a person wants to hire a personal investigator to do a job, it's usually something along the lines of a husband or a wife suspects the spouse is cheating on them and wants some kind of proof. Or someone is looking for a relative or lost family and is trying to reconnect with them. There is no disclosure agreement and it's up to the client to draw up a disclosure agreement. Now most don't, but we keep quiet as professional courtesy. Okay, now that the job description is done, let me tell you what happened. About three years ago, I'd been hired to do a personal contract. The client, a rich sleazy snob, was apparently stupidly rich. He hired my unit. When I say my unit, I mean the unit I work with a five-man team. He believed his wife was cheating on him with other people, and he wanted proof of this so he could start his divorce process with solid evidence. He contracted us in a six-month contract and was to pay the company XXX dollars upon completion. So we set up surveillance cameras all over his large house and in the woman's car with the client's permission. We had at least one of the team tailing her at all times. Good times. Day in and out, we watch their lives. And in this line of work, you either get detached or emotionally invested, like watching a soap opera. As we watched them, we quickly realized that this lady was a freaking saint. She volunteered at a soup kitchen and a children's hospital. She helped with local churches canned food drives, those sort of things. She was the perfect definition of what a good human should be. 
But on the other hand, the husband was a total idiot. He was the one we caught many times bringing women to his house, sometimes two or three girls in a day. And that was only what was recorded in the house. So we arrive at the four month mark, which is basically where we show all the evidence so far and give the three quarter reports. We show him everything that we found and have a six hour debrief with video and audio support showing that she hasn't done anything wrong other than a speeding ticket and a few double park situations. After we concluded the debrief, he looked stupefied. He says, so you didn't catch her cheating. That was the point of me hiring you. My boss, our captain, turns to him with a serious stare. Perhaps the most serious and badass looking face I've ever seen from that man and said you hired us to investigate your wife you're unhappy that your wife is an honest and faithful woman the snob is visibly annoyed he stands up and is getting his jacket when my captain says look there are still two months on this contract we're going to keep tailing her and we'll meet again after our contract is up and give you any updates the snob turns to him and says don't bother this is over i'm ending it Come when she's not home and get your equipment out. So a week later, we did exactly that. Now, fruit for thought. When contracts like his are made, a small portion is paid up front as a commission fee and the rest is paid at the end of the contract's allotted time. In his case, six months. Now, pay works like this. The commission is divided up between each PI as a bonus to our salary and the salary is what we get from the company to get us through to the completion of the contract. The remaining balance after being paid by the client is then divided into a cut for completion for the PIs and a cut for the office. Good money when done right. So fast forward to the next payday after the contract is officially over. My unit gets a call from our office to come in on the next payday as there is an emergency meeting regarding us and the last contract. We get there and we find out the snob pulled the funding and refused to pay us for the work. So we are getting paid, but just not with the completion bonus. We all left super angry. We went to lunch and brainstormed how to get even with this guy. Then we remembered all the house footage of his dirty deeds. At first we wanted to blackmail him, but that's low and we're better than that. I remembered the wife, so I reached out to her. I set a date to sit down and explain everything. I showed her the videos. She cried for a good half hour. I think, honestly, I broke her whole world. It was gut-wrenching. I then advised her to get a lawyer and proceeded to give her all the collected evidence and my business card. The aftermath. Fast forward about six months. I'm called into court as my company is suing the guy for fraud, breach of contract, and unpaid dues. My company wins the case easily as his lawyer's argument was that we failed to deliver the result he wanted. But we weren't hired to deliver a product. We were hired to observe and report. We got paid in the end. I was contacted by the wife who thanked me for all the evidence. She got a divorce. Because of all the evidence I gave her, she got almost everything from him. His huge house, both cars, and a huge cash sum. Moral of the story, don't try to screw over people who specialize in gathering evidence and reconnaissance. I mean, fair enough, good moral and all, but you would have thought that a normal, logical person, not even, just someone that's not completely stupid, would have would have thought that before going into this entire debacle. No, like, you know that cameras are being set up in your own house, yet you're still bringing women back and being unfaithful to your wife, the one person that you're trying to catch out for, I don't know, an unknown reason, probably so that you can then, in your own head, enable yourself to keep cheating on her, knowing that she's doing the same. I don't know. Very logical. Very interesting story. Good stuff from the PIs. But yeah, what a stupid man for so many reasons. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next up, tell others I hit my dog. See what's coming for you. Me and my husband, I'm 28, he is 29, are in a chicken breeding club, which provides an allotment garden-like structure. We joined a year ago and got to know Klaus, an old man who actually lives in one of those said gardens. At first, he was very kind and helped out one or two times. But after a while, he got very greedy, telling us to help him in his garden, selling stuff for him on eBay, or just care for his chickens. Some people did say that we should keep our distance from him, but we didn't listen. He regularly invited us to drink a beer with him, added like he knew all of town, is well known and has many connections. But the real thing was, yes, he was known, but for all the bad reasons. We talked to him a lot in the first few months and we noticed he's highly addicted to alcohol and tries to make a dime out of everyone and everything. You know the saying, blood is thicker than water? Not for him. At first, he helped us out. For example, giving us some tools for free or giving us money for working over at his place. Also, we kind of felt bad for him living your last days in a garden shed. But after a while, he gave us next to nothing for our work. No money, broken tools, so garbage we had to dispose of. Not even a thank you. He also started to talk to us in a very demanding tone. Old male Karen-like. Instead of messing with him, we started to simply distance ourselves from him, not doing any more of his work. His last effort to win us back was to buy 20 weed plants and put them in his garden and show us he knew we smoked. But as soon as he demanded that we sell his future five kilos, we backed off again. As others noticed that we'd stopped hanging out with him as much, they started to tell us how Klaus truly is. He started to live there as soon as another club member, since dead, lost his home and lived on his farm over there. As for the rules of the club, that's not allowed. But if he was allowed to, then Klaus had to be too. Klaus lived there for 14 years, not because he was homeless or another stroke of bad luck in life, but because he wanted to live as inexpensively as possible. We learned he had loads of debts. No wonder, considering how much he drank. We found out that this is the case since he's been old enough to drink. He's tried to rip everyone off of their money since forever. His brother, his best friend, even his wife. Some say... If she was still alive, he would sell his own mother. As the weeks went by, we learned more and more about him, that he'd done this with nearly everyone who joined the club, not just with us. We saw it too, as a new member, who's also mentally disabled, cut his hedge for him for 16 hours and got 20 bucks. And no thank you. Klaus started to dislike the way we stayed out of his way. So his response to that was to talk terribly about us, even threatening to tell others that we smoke, which is illegal over here. I mean, real full-fledged lies. For example, we would owe him 200 bucks. We'd do parties till late at night at the farm. We would hit our dogs. At that last point, we snapped. So we bought a drone, got videos of his weed plants and got the police involved. Get them before they get you. Klaus peacefully sat in the club's community house, drinking beer at nine o'clock in the morning as 10 police officers walked in directly into his garden. Little Klaus turned his head around like an owl and immediately stood up and walked outside. He asked one cop, hey, can I help you? And they asked for his name. Oh, Mr. Klaus, we were actually looking for you. Behind the officer talking to him, the other cops raided his farm, 
not only finding the plants but discovering themselves that he does live there they see a living room with an obviously used bed food leftovers a tv etc they asked him where he has his address he told them the address of his long deceased brother they sent a car to that address but found no clue he could be living there by the way he also got money from the state social benefits also meant to cover his rents now the rent on this farm is 30 bucks per year so huge no-no money fraud is one of the worst things you could do over here the cops stayed at his farm for the next four hours collecting evidence the whole farm surroundings were patrolled by some cops so word spread like a wildfire every single farm owner got over there to see what was happening cheering that this douche finally got what was coming for him after ripping off so many people it was amazing this dude had 14 years to make this farm his little hidey hole making money out of it he split the whole community giving us a bad name overall and not even bred chickens he just had them to sell the eggs oh my god to his luck he was clever enough to tell the cops it was only cbd this is still illegal but not as bad so they had to send it in to test it buying him some time the club held a meeting that was a trash show as soon as this topic started he said that we planted the weed there he only gave us the little plots most laughed some said nothing we voted for his eviction had to as of the rules he got 15 against him and just three voted for him to stay so our revenge is not over yet i'll keep you updated now at the time of recording op says that klaus has just four weeks left before his court date so i assume that if an update is going to come it will be at the result of that uh, i can't think what might happen to him uh, hopefully he does get enough time because surely they're gonna test and they're gonna know that the weed wasn't just cbd they're gonna know it's just you know full-on marijuana and surely he's gonna be sent down for a long time you would hope so you'd think so anyway but i don't know maybe he's done something silly or clever in the meantime who really knows just thinking about it it does actually come across as quite sad like klaus at the end of his life spent 14 years living in a shed no one wants that you could just feel bad for him if you heard about that without any other context but the fact that he's doing all this other stuff ripping people off just being horrible in general and then also just being a criminal yeah he deserves whatever's coming for him mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 